Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,103. It's Pebble Beach Car Week. Don't be a schmuck. Don't try and over talk to people. Don't tell people what they want to hear. Just do a lot of listening. And if you can genuinely help them find a solution to a problem. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Brad Phillips. Hey, Brad, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? You bet. Let's do it. All right. Brad Phillips is the National Relationship Manager and Brand Ambassador for my friends at Haggerty Insurance. Over his lifetime, he's attempted to restore over 30 vehicles from the nickel era through the 1990s. Brad's a road trip fanatic, having been coast to coast and everywhere in between. He's a multi-year veteran of long-distance rallies and tours, including the Great Race, and he's the only person to attempt driving an Amphicar from Tennessee to Vermont. And I'll tell you, that didn't go very well. He's in the middle of a two-year project restoring a beautiful 1965 Sunbeam Tiger. Can't wait to go for a ride in that car. Brad's been involved in the collector car insurance business since 2003, helping enthusiasts worldwide protect their cool, fun stuff. He is also a speaker, a moderator, a judge, and he's a regular at the Concorde de Le Mans, that's Lemons, and he's a host at the annual Amelia Island or Bus Caravan. And I'll tell you, Brad's a guy who is always out there having fun with cars. I've been chasing him forever. I finally pinned him down so we can enjoy a little inspiration about his life. So Brad, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Take a moment, share a little more about your business, your career, and a very obvious passion for automobiles. Well, I appreciate the opportunity to be here with you. This is great. I'm a big fan of your show. Thank you. I'm just a I'm just a guy who got lucky, been able to do car stuff for a career, and it's really fantastic. Well, I don't believe in luck. I think uh, luck is where opportunity comes across. That road passes with experience. So, before I let you get away with that lucky statement, let's talk a little bit about before I ask you this first question about. How did you get so lucky and fall into this car thing that you get to do? Because I follow you on Facebook and I go, okay, this guy lives out of a suitcase. He's never home. He's always out having fun with cars. How do I do that? Well, it started about 15 years ago. I was a tech guy dropping into every city in the country doing data center infrastructure work, which is as riveting as it sounds. And I was a car guy and I was really trying to figure out how can I be a car person and make a living at it. I was able to talk to a relative of mine who had an insurance business, and we had kind of an open discussion. And they said, look, if you like talking to people, and you like maybe blending your hobby, you could probably try this. And after a bunch of research, I settled on that. And uh, I opened an Allstate agency, which gave me the right to also sell Haggerty, which I was already a customer of. It was really fantastic. We just lit the rockets and went from that moment. It was just great. Awesome. I've had so many people from Haggerty, from McKeel Haggerty throughout the company. Fantastic company, incredible people. Everybody I meet that works at Haggerty is just an instant friend, an instant buddy. So uh, I really appreciate you spending some time with me today. And a shout out to Haggerty, of course. As we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that's been important in your life. I like to say it's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars. Yeah. So Brad, take the wheel. I just think in general, you have to put people, you have to be in the shoes of the people that you're talking to. So 
my any sales teams that I've managed, I always tell people to listen a lot. And I know this is not an elegant way to say it, but don't be a schmuck. Don't try and over talk to people. Don't tell people what they want to hear. Just do a lot of listening. And if you can genuinely help them find a solution to a problem, then I think that works really well in your regular life as well as your business. Oh, yeah, definitely both. Uh, My listeners have heard this before. Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Habit number five, first listen to understand, then speak to be understood. And if everybody in the world did that, I think everything would go a lot better. That's for sure. But my mom used to tell me, that's why you have two ears and one mouth. Listen twice as much as you speak and you'll be fine. So uh, that's what I at least try to do here on this show. It's hard for me. I tend to talk too much, but I love sharing with people. I love sharing with people what I've learned, but I, that's a great mantra, great way to go through life. Obviously, it's worked well for you. I'd love for you to go back in time and talk about a story that instigated your personal passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew, uh-oh, I'm a car guy? Well, I'm very lucky in the fact that I, and I know I'm not supposed to say lucky. So let's just say <laughs> I grew up in a car family. My father still has the 67 big block Corvette that I grew up with him noodling on in the garage all the time. Wow. My grandmother, you know, her house, there was always a 1950 Dodge that used to belong to my grandfather that was sitting covered in cobwebs that everybody knew it's never going anywhere. It's always going to stay in his spot in the garage. Yeah. So these are little things like that. As I grew up, it was just very natural that you would tend to like cars from a different, different period. Yeah. I'd have to say my kind of my pivotal moment was when I was 16 and we were shopping for my first car And I didn't want a Honda Civic. You know, this was in 1986. Uh You know, I wanted a car from the 60s. I got a 1965 uh, Mustang Fastback 2 Plus 2 as my first car. Cool. And at the time, it was, you know, it was kind of barely a classic, really. I mean, it was, you know, barely 20 years old, but it was, you know, they're iconic. Yeah. You know, I, I laugh now because would it be specced out the way that I would look for a car today? Maybe not, but it was a a C-Code, which is a two-barrel equipped 289 with an automatic with the tallest rear end you can get in one of those cars. It was like a 280 to one (laughs) with air conditioning. It was very much just a cruiser. But to me in high school, it was, you know, a Hemi Cuda. I mean, nothing could outrun me. And that was just (laughs) the farthest thing from the truth. (laughs) Oh, well, those are cool cars. I had a 66 GT350 Fastback. It was a clone. It was a fakey-do, as Keith Martin calls it. It wasn't... uh, uh, the real deal, but it sure looked like the real deal. And I tell you, I drove that car every day to work for about three or four years. And somebody finally offered me way too much money for it and I sold it. But I loved driving that car. It was just, it was so cool. I mean, the engine made the right sounds. It just sounded like a sewing machine. Just, just, ah, it's awesome. So, and it looks so nice and everybody loves those cars too. So, uh, you and I share something there in our past. I like that. Let's take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and talk about a big challenge or a big failure you faced along the way in your life. I know we had a little chat about this before because Brad goes, I don't know if I'm just boring, but I've had a great life. What are you talking about, Mark? So we'll see where I can get him to go here. But uh, these are important lessons. They're learning lessons. So take us down a path, would you? Well, I appreciate you pushing me a little bit on this. You're right. I can go deeper. Okay. Ah, it's all sunshine and roses all the time. <laughs> okay. And, and I agree on my Facebook feed. You probably would think it was just all sunshine and roses, but that's part of the, the fun and the folly of social media, right? You know, it's always your best foot forward all the time. When I was first out of college, my first job or one of my very first jobs, I managed a branch office for a rider truck rental office in, uh, in Nashville, Tennessee. 
I can tell you that there were parts of that job that were just horrifying. A lot of it was great, great sales training, great management training, great responsibility. But what I learned from that was when you have somebody whose truck has broken down and all their belongings are on the side of the road and they're now standing two feet from you pointing their finger in your face, that is when you learn how to solve problems quickly and make people happy. I'm telling you, I've brought those moments with me to every job I've ever had since then. If you can learn how to solve a guy's problem that is right in front of you, then you can certainly figure it out via email or over a phone call or through a more in-depth conversation with a team. And I, I really think that experience helped me. Oh, it's nice. Well, I'm glad you let me push you a little harder on that because I knew that there had to be something that, that kind of pushed you and challenged you a little bit. I can only imagine on the side of the road with somebody's finger in your chest going, fix this now, buddy. Uh, yeah, that's got to be a challenge. So I love the way you brought all those lessons forward to in your life. I'm sure they've helped you on the side of the road in some of the old cars you've been in, uh, like that Amphicar I talked about. <laughs> I'm sure there was some side of the road moments with that too, or side of the pond moments, maybe. I don't know where you ended up in the drink. Let's shift gears and talk about a career aha moment. It's a time when the headlights kind of uh, steer you down a good path. Well, after having my insurance business for about five years um, out in Colorado, I was the one of the top 20 producers for Haggerty, as well as a, a big national producer for the, the main company I represented, which was Allstate. And I really realized that I was having so much fun just doing the Haggerty business that that's really all I wanted to do. I had the chance to sell the business in late 08 and came to work for Haggerty pretty soon after that. And it's just been really fantastic to be able to take this kind of this whole road of learning about the collector car insurance and diving in deeper to the collector car hobby. And now this is my main gig. This is all I do is just focus on this end of things. And it's it's really fantastic. So Yeah. Well, that's the secret sauce to life. And you found out what it was and you grabbed hold of it. And you did it. So yeah, what an aha moment. Fantastic. Let's have a little bit of fun and talk about your first really special car. That first car that you got that you'd wanted for a long time, you really were striving for and you finally got it. What was that vehicle? And maybe you have a story about that car you could share with us. You know, my first really special car, I could probably fill two days with of talking to <laughs> okay. you. You know, I, I had what I would consider fun cars as daily drivers through, you know, through high school and through most of college. That The fastback that we talked about that unfortunately didn't survive high school, but I had another Mustang and then I had a Galaxy and some other things. But in 1996 or seven. I was out of college, I was working, and that was when I decided I wanted another collector car that I could have that was just for fun. So this was a car I was looking for that was not something I depended on for anything. It was just going to be extra. And I loved European sports cars. Now, I'd always had American stuff, but I really liked European cars. And I really liked Porsche 911s. So I found a 1968 uh, Porsche 911T. Now, I didn't know everything that I know now about Porsches, specifically 68s, and how wonderfully weird they are. It's kind of a one-year only for a lot of stuff right. in Porsche 911 land, in addition to just being a short wheelbase car, which is very special in itself. But it was really cool because I lived in Delaware at that time. Can you tell I moved about every year and a half? <laughs> You've been up? all over the place. Yeah. Uh, so... So I bought this car and I answered an ad that was in a newspaper, of course, and it was 
$7,900 and it was a running car and, but it was the wrong color. It had the wrong wheels, wrong, everything, everything was wrong about it, but it was a running car. When I talked to the guy who was selling it, it would ha- he bought it back in the 1980s. He'd had it for a long time. He had bought it from a DEA auction. It was a drug seizure car. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and, and it had once lived on the street in Astoria, Queens. I mean, this, this car had not had an easy life. It had the wrong roof on it, had a sunroof clip for a roof. I mean, there was just everything you'd want to run away from if you knew Porsches today. But I had to have it. And I kept that car for about 10 years. And over time, it got silver paint. It had a new red interior that I found in another 68. It got the correct wheels. You know, fortunately, back then, it wasn't as expensive to repair an old Porsche. I mean, now it's it's crazy the amount of money you'll spend to track down these sort of parts. I mean, the wheels alone would probably cost me more than the car did at this point in, in history. But I did... Every kind of adventure in that car you could imagine. I took uh, racing lessons in it in Colorado uh, from a friend of mine that owns a go for it racing schools out there. I drove it coast to coast. I can't tell you how many times, including we. I left at 7 p.m. from Denver. And at 7 a.m., I was standing on the south rim of the Grand Canyon after driving that car all night through the mountains. And it, it never really let me down. It just was my trusty steed for all that time. It was just magical, the, the experience I had with it. And from my confidence with that car, it gave me the ability to, you know, really get interested in other cars. And that was always kind of there. But I bought Sunbeam Tigers and Mercedes and other Mustangs and all kinds of different stuff over the years. But that particular car stayed with me for a very long time. And it, it really resonates with me still on, on the amount of fun you can have with an old car. 68, one of my best buddies in high school was Robert Schmidt, and he found a 68 Targa for sale up in LA. We were living in San Diego, and he asked me to come with him and kind of, in his words, talk me out of this car if there's something wrong with it. And when we got there, he just like fell in love with it. And as he was writing the check, I'm going, Robert, there's a hole in the floor. It's like the whole bottom's rusted out. You don't want to buy this car. Stop, stop. Now he bought it anyway, brought it home, spent Two years restoring it in his garage and did a magnificent job. Drove that car to college and then drove it off to flight school. He became a, a Marine flight uh, fighter pilot, basically. Drove that car from San Diego to Pensacola, where he did flight school. And uh, yeah, it served him really well. Just, uh, you know, he did a great job. He was much more daring than I was. <laughs> Very cool story. Love the Porsches, the old Porsches. How about seller's remorse? Is there a car you've let go? I'm sure there's one that kind of gives you a little tear in the eye that it's not there anymore. Well, I'd I'd certainly have to say that that particular 68 would have been one. I did have another car that I really, I hated that I got rid of. And maybe it was for a different reason. It was a, a 1960 Triumph TR3. I think I feel bad about selling that one because I never really gave it a chance. I bought it. It was terribly rusty it didn't run right and things were really busy. And I think if I'd spent more time on that car, I could have made it really nice, but I didn't. I gave up and I, I think I will always regret that I didn't really just put a cover over that car and work on it when I had more time. I I got frustrated and I traded it to a guy for a TR6 that I wasn't really looking for. And it just sort of set up a chain of events that wasn't great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the old British lady got away. Well, we all had those stories. 
Well, I'd love to talk about what has you excited and fired up these days. This show's airing during Car Week. We're both in Monterey enjoying all the car shows here. And I mean, the the wonder that is Car Week here at Pebble Beach, Monterey, Carmel. But what are you working on these days uh, that has you excited and fired up? Well, work-wise, it's a really exciting time at, at Haggerty. We're putting out a lot of really interesting content. We're doing seminars for major events all over the country, and I get to be a, a big part of those, moderating those. I'm also an airplane nut, so something else that we're just rolling out now is actually insurance for aircraft. So we have a new partnership with a company called Avemco, and they have a great name out there. I love that. So actually, this week, I'm going to Oshkosh. I'm leaving. So at least when this airs, I'll have already been at Oshkosh. Yes. Vintage Warbirds, single-engine aircraft, Piper Cubs, any of this stuff I just think is fascinating. So, I mean, that's a lot of fun. My my job is really to help kind of move national partnerships up to a higher level um, with Haggerty. And it's a really interesting job to be out there kind of circulating, looking for different ways that we can partner with other companies and organizations. And it's a lot of fun. Absolutely. Oshkosh, I got very lucky. I wandered upon Oshkosh. I was in that part of the country doing some business, coming, driving back, and I just ended up there. By Somebody said at a gas station, you should go check out the old airplanes over there and ended up seeing that show. So for a guy who loves old cars, old airplanes, now to get to play with boat, both. You must wake up every morning and go, am I, am I dreaming? Is this my life? How did I get here? You know, that famous line. So, ah, oh, lucky guy. Well, I, I, again, there's that lucky word, but fortunate guy who's done things right. And you're right where you should be. That's perfect. Very nice. So here's a very introspective question for Brad. If you were a car, what would Brad be and why? <laughs> that is a very interesting question. Uh, uh, like a like a Pixar sort of movie sort of yes. sort of question there. Uh-huh. Um, so I I'm thinking about this question, and if I'm going to be a particular car, there's got to be a reason for why I am this particular car. So let's take the personality traits of what I think would be important, right? Like I like to take people with me on automotive journeys, so I would have to have room in this car for some other people. I would have to room within me in this particular car. So let's say it's a four-door. I like performance cars. uh, So it's got to have a big honking engine in it. It's got to be relatively comfortable. It's got to be stylish, but not in a weirdly ostentatious way. I think I've drilled down to about a 1979 6.9 liter Mercedes sedan. Kind of like the one in Ronin, right? The yes. one that did the crazy chase scene? Yeah. That's me. I want to be a 6.9 liter Mercedes. Very nicely said. I like the way you walked us through that too. Perfect answer to that question. So Brad, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Hey, Cars Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Covercraft. I've protected my vehicles with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft seat covers. They'll protect your seats from the daily abuse of pets, children, weekend adventures, and even those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. All Covercraft seat covers are easy-on, easy-off design that are machine washable. You can choose from many fabric options, colors, and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicles. Their seat gloves are semi-custom fit for cars and trucks, and their seat savers, a favorite of mine, are custom tailored to fit your seats like a glove. 
Work truck seat covers are tough, durable, denim weight fabric. It's like putting a pair of rugged jeans on your truck's seats. Want to stay warm? Covercraft also offers seat heaters. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark at Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garages built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. Okay, Brad, we are back and we're entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Well, the the best advice I've ever received is buy the best car you can afford. Unfortunately, this is also the advice I've most often ignored. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know how that fits with this category exactly, but... uh, it is really good advice should I ever decide to take it one day. I, uh, I have a terrible problem with trying to see the, uh, the good, you know, the, the diamond in the rough sort of situation with a car. And it, it generally all my car projects end up being more labor intensive or more expensive, usually both than what I signed up on. So thank goodness I have a lot of good friends in car clubs and restoration shops and just other handy folks that generally keep bailing me out of this this terrible situation I find myself in. You're not alone, Brad. You're not alone, so don't feel bad. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years? Well, this was kind of an interesting question, too. Our So our CEO, Mikhail Haggerty, he's been talking a lot lately about that there's not really a work-life balance. It's just life. And when I heard him say that on one of our rollouts uh, a few months ago, it really resonated with me because I, I have, I felt that way my whole life. I, I don't know how people separate, okay, this is my nine to five and what I do for work. And then this is my weekend. It's all just one big thing. And you do what makes sense to you to be fruitful and happy across kind of all fronts all the time. I, at least that's the way I've all, always worked. So I would say my personal habit is just trying to stay sane and happy, no matter if it's work or personal life, all all in one lump. You know, I think that that philosophy Mikhail has shared, and I agree with that, if you're doing what you love and you're passionate about it. Sadly, there's a lot of people I've found that just go to a job and it's just a job and they can't wait to get it over with it at the end of the day or that Friday can't come fast enough. And, And how sad to go through life to spend that many hours doing something you're not happy with. And that's what Cars yeah is all about, is sharing people like you, Brad, and others with people who maybe are stuck in that grind and need to figure out how to get out of it. And you're an example of somebody that did just that, took the action, and is living the life. So I'm glad you brought that up. 
Now, how about a resource? There are wonderful resources these days. Is there one you'd like to share? Well, you know, uh, our Haggerty website, social media, or valuation tools. I mean, we're we're really working on having a, a comprehensive kind of a one-stop shop for anything you need to learn about in the automotive hobby. Certainly, you can buy insurance through our website, but but everything else that's there are time-lapse videos that our people spend so much time producing, um, great content like our Barn Fine Hunter series that we're doing with Tom Cotter, and all kinds of other really fun stuff that we do out and about at shows, really helping highlight what other people are doing that's fun and good for the car hobby. You know, there's really an amazing amount of things that you can go look at there. So, you know, I, I would just say, look at, you know, our YouTube channel and our website, and it will take you anywhere you want to go. Join up with us on Facebook, all those kind of things. Oh, yeah. It's absolutely spectacular. Love what you guys are doing. Always something new, fun, exciting. It is a incredible source for automotive enthusiasts. Just go to Haggerty.com and you'll find everything you need there. Now, if I could arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that be? Well, that's another really good question. And I'm again, in, in today's world, I'm lucky. I've had a chance to have a beer with a lot of people that are, that are pretty interesting. And um, I'm very fortunate that's a part of what I do. But if I had to pick someone from history that, that would ordinarily be impossible, I would say Sir Malcolm Campbell. Born in 1885, died 1948. Incredible. When you think of someone that uh, was a pilot in World War I, drove Bugattis and the early Grand Prix era and survived, set land speed records at Bonneville and other places, set water records. I mean, this is the first person to go 300 miles an hour, period. So to sit with that person, to have a chance to say, how the heck did you live <laughs> through all of that? What gave you the, the stones to try and go and try and do all these things? Boy, what a learning experience that would be and, and just fascinating. That would be just incredible. Yeah, when you read about people like that in their lives, you just go, what am I doing with my life? I need to be like Campbell. I mean, it just blows you away. Yeah, kind of uh, the world's most interesting man kind of scenario there. So nice choice. I, I don't think he's come up with that question, which I'm kind of surprised. Now, how about a book? Is there a book you've read you think our listeners would enjoy? This is tough because one of the things that I really like collecting are historical books in the automotive realm. I've got a pretty good library at home that I use for research and for my personal entertainment. And I'm always buying in period books because I think that's when the history is the most alive rather than reading a brand new retrospective. I mean, I like to find a book from the period and see what did people think about it at the time. Sometimes uh, the rose colored glasses are, are not as prominent. Um, that being said, there are several books that I've read recently that I've really liked Tom Cotter, a friend of all of ours, um, he just did one on a Model T road trip. I think it's called Model T Coast to Coast. It was really fascinating. Um, Ryan Snodgrass, who is a major Porsche enthusiast, he's written a couple of really incredibly detailed resource books on the Carrera 2.7 and the early three liter turbos. Those are both just incredible. The most recent book I read, I just read... Um, the Cobra story, which was as told by Carol Shelby. It's a 1965 period book on the Shelby Cobra, which was fascinating. I, I could I could do this for hours. I mean, I just love automotive books. So I'm always reading something. Well, as much cool. time as I spend on an, on an airplane, um, I've always got some kind of book that I'm that I'm thumbing through. Absolutely. 
Well, I'll remind our listeners this is a great resource on the Cars Yell website called Guest Recommended Books, where these books and books from the past 1,102 guests will be listed. I've made it really easy for click to buy. So check out that resource. And of course, Tom Cotter's been a guest on this show a couple times. So he writes some very cool books. Snodgrass, I'm working on him. I'm going to get him on the show because I love Porsches. I love those Porsche books you quoted. So we'll get him on the show too. Okay, we're up to the checkered flag. And this last question can be a bit of a doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car on the planet. But here are the rules. You can only have this one car. You got to get rid of everything else. That's kind of tough. Uh, you have to drive it, which I don't think is a problem for you, but no garage queens here, cars. Yeah, I want you out enjoying this car, which I'm sure you'll do for us. But money is no object. I'm going to write the check today. doesn't matter how big it is. So what can I buy you, Brad? This is an absolute no-brainer for me, and it would I, it's, I've already picked it before I could even finish this sentence. Uh, 289 Cobra. No, okay. no doubt. I'm a Sunbeam Tiger guy. I've had a couple of those, and I'm finishing the restoration on, on one now. That's probably as close as I'll get, and they're pretty watered down compared to a real 289 Cobra. But you can do anything in those cars. They're actually very easy to drive. They're very tractable, and the history is, is incredible. Uh, it's, it's a wonderful story. Yeah, all day, all night, 289 Cobra. There you go. You know, so for some people, it's a tough question, but others, they know exactly what they've always wanted. That elusive car out there that they got to have someday, they hope they can. And if you're like me, it just seems like the, those dream cars just keep getting more and more and more expensive. It's like, oh, but uh, have you ever had a chance to drive a real one? Yeah. And again, as part of the job, I've had a wonderful opportunity on many, many levels to drive cars like small and big block Cobras, uh, Ferrari F40. I mean, lots of really neat Gullwing, 300 SL Gullwings, stuff way above my pay grade that generous friends and clients have said, oh, you've got to experience that. Every single time somebody says that, uh, I'm gone. Yes, yeah. let's go now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I always say, you know, it's like boats. The best kind of boat to have is a friend with a boat. But if you can't afford those high-end blue chip cars, it's good to have friends that have some that throw, throw you the keys and let you drive them. So, And I like the 289 too. I think it's a wonderfully balanced car, just beautiful. And uh, be happy to find you one of those. What color would you like? So I get you the right car. <laughs> that does not matter to me. Okay. I like red, white, Blue, basic. Uh, yeah, whatever. Any of that's fine with me. Okay. You know, primer's good. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> okay. You made it easy for me, so I'll go out and see what I can do. Brad, you've taken me on an awesome ride today. I knew you would. I've really enjoyed your stories, and I want to thank you for sharing your incredible life a journey with the Cars Yeah audience. Could you offer us a little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off down the road in that 289 Cobra? <laughs> My advice to anyone would be to, to really spend some time thinking about what do you love? And I was fortunate to be able to do that in the past. And that's what took me down this road to where this is the environment that I work in every day. But like you mentioned earlier, a lot of people don't do it. They feel so frustrated with their lives and they feel trapped and they're never going to get out of it. Don't feel sorry for yourself. Figure out a, what you really care about and do some research and make it happen. That would be my best advice. You know, it's incredible advice and very wise advice. And I always tell people, if you love cars, just listen to any of my 1,103 guests now, including Brad Phillips. He figured it out. You can figure out too. And maybe if you need a little counseling, touch base with Brad at a car show and ask him, how can I do this, Brad? How can I live the life that Brad is living? So I'm sure he'd be happy to share that with you. Listeners, you can find everything that Brad has shared on his Harsh Yeah show notes page 
on the Cars Yeah website. Just type Brad Phillips into the search bar and that page will pop right up. Brad, thanks for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, and for sharing your experiences with me and the Cars Yeah audience. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks, Mark. Take care. You bet. You too. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimble.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.